Hello, and welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are a faith-filled, family-focused church that's in Lakeville, Minnesota. In a moment, you'll be able to hear a sermon from one of our pastors. We hope that you enjoy and grow closer to God through these messages. And now for a sermon from Pastor Louis Clemente. Well, good morning, Celebration. Uh, It's great to be with you. I'm Pastor Louis. Uh, That was a... (laughs) You're going to get a whooping. Okay. Um, That was a, a video from one of our partners, um, WorldSurf. They are just, they do such an amazing work all over uh, the world, specifically in Africa. A few years ago, I actually got the opportunity to go and see some of the wells that were built, uh, life-changing. So we just love sharing with you guys the things that you're helping make happen around the world. So uh, thank you guys for giving and being a part. So like I said, I'm Pastor Lewis. I'm not if you're newer, I'm not the senior pastor uh, here, and everybody said amen. Um, but I'm much, much younger than our senior pastor. Much, much younger. Um, I'm just kidding. He's like eight years older than me, but I'm going to rub it in. Uh, pastor Derek, it's said we have um, this series. We've got a bunch of different uh, people that have been sharing, uh, but somebody in like almost all of the, the age brackets, Pastor Josiah in his 20s, me in my 30s, Pastor Derek in his 40s, um, and uh, Pastor Dan in his 60s. I didn't know which way to go there. Anyway, so, uh, but man, I'm excited to share with you guys in this series. Uh, I have a message that, uh, I don't know about you guys, if you've ever preached a message, I don't know where I'm going with this right now, but uh, this message has been one that's really spoken to me as I've been writing it. It's, it's coming out of a place where the Holy Spirit had already been doing a work in me with this. So uh, for you guys today, this isn't just something that I'm teaching. It's something that I'm living and uh, trying to make happen as well. So uh, I hope that Holy Spirit speaks to you guys like he did to me. But in this series, Sizzling Summer, um, <laughs> it's really funny, the, uh, a few weeks ago, uh, somebody had come in. We have our, our sign out front. It says Sizzling Summer on it. Pretty cool. Uh, but somebody came in one of the first weeks of the series thinking that we were um, a steakhouse. They saw Sizzling Summer. They were like, oh, yeah, let's get us some steak. They came on in. Um, so I was like, huh. But they stayed for service, you know. They got fed on the word of the Lord, you know. I'll take it. So come on. Uh, but I like this series. And now, I am not originally a Minnesotan. Not from here. I'm a transplant. Um, I'm from New York originally. In New York, we do not have the same kind of love for the summer that Minnesotans do. You guys, it's, it's an infatuation for you people. Like, you just love summer. And I think it's because nine months out of the year, you guys are like locked up like hermits in your house. So the summer comes and you guys are like, I need to see everyone right now. Like, you take all of your vacation days so that you can be at the beach and be around more people. And it's just this, this culture around summer. So I enjoy it. I like being around it. It's so much energy and excitement. But I was asking myself, Why? Why do we try so hard to do something every weekend, to pack in as much as we can on every vacation day? And it's because as people, we are designed for community. Designed for community. We are created to have real connection with people. God designed humans to need to have people that knew them. 
people that we could do life with. So today I want to talk about the importance of community. And I think most of us in this room, we understand how important our community is. We get that we need family, we need friends to be with us, we need people that we can take care of and they can take care of us, that you know we can have friendships with. Community is important, and I think we know that. But what I wanna to talk today about is not the normal kind of community. It's not the community that you and I see every day. If we look at it from the church side, I'm not talking about coming to a church service. If we look at this, I'm not talking about a once a month life group. I'm not talking about a, a serve team or an event on the calendar. That is not what I'm referring to when I talk about communities. You see, we have fallen into this mindset as the church that if I'm around Christian people, then I'm in Christian community. And I'm here to tell you this morning that, that can't be further from the truth. True biblical community is much bigger and all encompassing than I think most of us realize. The way that I like to describe it is it's, it's like a family. If you've seen like on TV, like some of like the, those like tight knit families, like the group, like, and a lot of people have experienced that. But as time goes on, that's not the model of family that we live in anymore. We don't see that kind of family as much as we used to. So how, how can we explain what this real community looks like? I think it's best described as not something that we do, but it's who we are. To be honest, like I said, this message was birthed out of something that I was realizing, realizing that the life I was living, man, there has to be more to the community. There has to be more to connection than my mind was really understanding. So as you can see in your notes today, I wanna to talk about how we can correct our community. We're correcting community today. But before I do that, I wanna make a few things clear. This is kind of like the disclaimer. Like if you ever watch like one of those like drug commercials or whatever where they like tell you like all this, I'm like, <laughs> drug commercials, they need some. All right, it's fine. Um, but if you ever like see one of those drug commercials, they like give you all like the good stuff and then at the end they give you the disclaimer on how it's probably gonna kill you later on. You know what I mean? Like that's, this is that portion of the message for you. So the first thing is this. This is not an attack on church or ministry. I think the world that we live in, there's already enough people trying to break down the church and change the way that we do stuff or whatever. I do not believe that what I'm talking about today changes church at all. It changes us, the way that we view the church, the way that we interact with church if we do this correctly. This is not a, okay, hey, let's change all these things, do all this. Nope, how can we change so that this church can be more effective in the community around it? Second thing that I've got, I get many messages, I've seen many messages written on this topic and they're written to manipulate people, manipulate them into feeling like they need to go deeper into their church or they need to give more or do more. And that is not, what we're talking about today. Everything that I'm sharing with you is so that we can connect the way that God has designed us to connect, not the way that a church has called us to connect. And our third is community is not a magic thing that happens overnight. It needs to be worked at and cultivated. If you're looking for real community, it takes work from you. I believe that all of us need to work to find our community. So today, that's what I want to talk about. 
how he corrected me. I know that was like kind of like, wow, we just got like deep real quick. Uh, I promise we'll, we'll do some work. But uh, what I'd like to do is if you have your Bibles with me, would you open to Romans chapter 12? We're gonna start there in the beginning at verse two. And while you do that, would you stand with me this morning for the reading of God's word? It's gonna be on the screen as well. Uh, if you don't have your, your Bible, Romans. Uh, Josh, that's New Testament, Romans. Where? Starts with an R. Okay, I'm just kidding. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, we though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's encouraging, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. Serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray today that you would show us what you meant by community. Jesus, all of us have these ideas in our mind and what we've seen. And today, I pray that we would take those and put them on the back burner so that we can see what you mean by community. Jesus, I pray that if there's things that we need to change, if there's understandings that we've, lies that we've held onto, that Jesus, you would change them today and that we could hold on to your community because we understand that if we have your community, there's so much more that can be accomplished in you. Jesus, I pray uh, that today we would have our eyes opened and we would receive everything that you have for us. Holy Spirit, have your way. It's in your name, Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen, amen. you may be seated. Uh, a few months ago, I did a wedding for Taryn Tanner who was sitting on the front row over here. And I had this awkward moment where like I went through like the wedding, everybody was standing, it was perfect. And uh, we get to the you know, part of the wedding and you know, I should have had everybody sit, but I didn't. I left them all standing and like Tanner's like giving this message. Everybody's like knees are like weak, they're like shaking. And they probably say, I'm like, oh yeah, you guys, you could be seated. Yeah, that's a good idea. So I put it in my notes today so you guys can sit and actually enjoy this message today. When I think of community, most of the time, I think of what I can get from it. I don't think that's like a bad thing. I think it's maybe like a natural thing that we do. Maybe we look at it, it's, we're looking for friends or belonging, acceptance, a good atmosphere, a safe place for our kids, a way to feel good about ourselves. All of those are really good things and things that you can find in real community. But if that's our focus, I think we're missing the big picture. Um, 
At home, I've got two kids. Actually, they're not home. They're here right now. So that's awkward. I said they're at home. They're not. They're here. Um, I've got a five-year-old daughter, Haven, and uh, a year-and-a-half-year-old boy, Stefan. Uh, but Haven is a little bit of a magpie. Um, she loves to like take things and store them in her room. I can't tell you how many times we've like gone and like cleaned out her room. Like, how did all of our Tupperware get into your room? Or like, what, what is all of this doing in here? And she loves to use like boxes. Boxes are like her thing. She loves to take stuff and make little beds for her dolls or do whatever. And uh, a, a few, it was probably a few years ago, we had this large like bucket of animal crackers. And uh, it took us a long time to eat through them. Um, I did help, so it took less time than it should have probably. But uh, this big tub, it's like shaped like a bear or whatever. And it's got this like red lid on it. And it is like one of my daughter's favorite things to store her stuff in. Everything goes inside of it. You know, it's like if she's cleaning up her room, like a lot of people are like, oh, I'll throw everything in the closet. She throws everything that she can into this bear to try to, you know, put the lid back on it. That's what she does. Now, and I look at this bear and it's being used as a, a tool in my daughter's room, but it wasn't its intended purpose. If I buy the tub of animal crackers, open it up, come home, like, ah, oh, perfect, and then dump all of the animal crackers in the trash just to give her the box that it came in, I'm missing what it was intended for. Those animal crackers were meant to go into my belly, all right? That's what they were meant for, and that is a good thing. But if I'm only focused on what it can do afterwards, I'm missing the intended purpose. And I think that's the same thing when we look at these really good things of friendships, belonging, acceptance. They're great, but they're the afterthought. They should be the accidental byproduct of community. There's more that needs to happen in our community. The main reason for, the com for our community, this is something, church, that I think we need to understand. What, why? Why do we come together? Why do we come to this place? Why do we build connections to one another? There needs to be more of a reason than just me feeling good. And there is. If you look in, this, in the word here, the main reason for community is to understand God's will for us. I was a youth pastor for 10 years. <laughs> Sometimes I wish I wasn't. I'm just kidding. Um, a youth pastor for 10 years, let me tell you, I've talked with a lot of people about what God's will is for them. And yes, I know that God can speak to someone in their room or a one-on-one -on -one prayer time, but I can't tell you how many times I've seen God move in a worship service, at a prayer time at the altar, when a, a, a somebody is, is bringing a word and the Holy Spirit just speaks something a little bit different. When we are in community, God uses it to be able to show us what his will is. Many times that's personally, but also for this body. We are, corporately, we need to know what we're doing. What is okay and what's not? What way should we be going as this body? What plans does God have for us? So if our community is going to work the way it was intended to, what are the, some of the changes that you and I need to make in our thinking? Because honestly, when we look at the word, I don't think that each of us have the type of community that God intended us to have, but I believe we can. And if we look at the scripture, I believe there are just a few things that we need to change in our thinking so that we can have what God's talking about. The first thing that I look at here, if you look on your note sheet there, I have, it's not about you. 
And I know that like comes across like really like aggressive, like me as well. It's not like, it's not about you, it's about me, which is the, my least favorite breakup line that I used to get. You know what I mean? It's not about you, it's about me. Okay, whatever, it's fine. <sighs> if we look at verse three here, it says, for by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. Paul is a savage. Like, he's just coming at everyone's life in this message here. He's, like, he's in the scripture. He's like, don't think of yourself highly. You're not that big of a deal. But rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. I love Paul's analogy here of the body. Like it's such a good, because there are, there's so many different facets to the body. So many, we have arms, legs, fingers, noses, whatever it is, but all of it comes to make up the body. No one individual part is more more important than the whole body itself. That is the important thing. We can tell this because if somebody goes and they get like an infection in their leg or whatever, we don't just say, yep, they're dead because the leg is the most important. They've got the infection in the leg, now they're gone. No, we cut the leg off so that we can save the body. That is the important part. Some of you guys are like, what kind of analogy is this? Don't worry about it, it's fine. Some of you guys got it. I like to think of it um, like a car. There's so many different parts and they're all there to make the car drive. They are all there for a purpose. As a pastor, I get talked to you all the time about purpose. Pastor Lewis, what's God's purpose for me? I'll tell you. His purpose is that each of us be a part of a community. Because when we're in that community, he can show us what he's called us to do in that community. Your purpose is the body's purpose. Your purpose is found in your community for your community. Church, we need to understand that, that our purpose is not just for us, it's for others. In our culture, we've lost what it means to have real community because we're too focused on us. I was talking with some of our worship team members the other day. We're talking about this concept of how you take care of yourself. And now, Obviously, it's important. We as people need to make sure that we're okay. But I don't know about you, but I've found in my life that the times that I'm the most miserable are the times that I'm most focused on myself. But the times that I have the most joy are the times that I'm focused on other people. I think that's why Jesus gives us, when he he lays out the two greatest commandments, he lays them out, love the Lord your God, love your neighbor as yourself. Why couldn't he have just said, just love your neighbor, period. You can figure out how that, as yourself, I really love me, okay? Like, I love me a lot. So I have to love others that way? Yeah, that's the way it works out. And I love, because Paul is saying almost the exact same thing here. It says, and each member belongs to all the others. Church, you and I live in a world where people are trying so hard to belong someplace. And the word here is telling us that unless we belong to each other, 
that we will not, tr- that we will not find true belonging. We do not belong in a place. We belong to a people. Which brings me to my second point, which you'll see there on your sheet. When I was talking with Pastor Derek, we were kind of going through this message, trying to figure out different points. Pastor Derek really wanted me to make this first point BYOB. Um, But we're in a church, so that would mean bring your own Bible, if you were trying to figure that out. Um, But there wasn't a B word that worked best, so we went with BYOG, bring your own gifts. Bring your own gifts. Now, in my marriage, pray for my wife, because I am not a very good gift giver. I try. I don't always come through very well. So anytime that we're going to uh, like a birthday party or something like that, I am not in charge of finding the gift for that because it would not be good. It would be last minute and nobody would be happy at the end of it. But I like it this way because what it means is that when we go to the party, I'm just as surprised as the people getting the gift. Like, oh, that is a great gift. Good on us, you know. Nailed it. But in this, we can't actually act that way. We need to know what gift we are bringing this community and we need to bring it. And this is important because I think for too long we have been riding the gifts of the person next to us instead of bringing our own gift. This is not the group project that two people do the work and five people get to put their names on it and get the grade. Like that's not, even though I love those group projects, by the way, right? Like those are my... Favorite. That's how Josh graduated high school. So it's it worked out. I'm, I'm right. I was there. Um, but Paul is telling us that for us to have real community, we need to know what we're bringing to the table, and not just that, but how to use what we bring. Let's take a look at the, the, right here, there are seven things that Paul lines up, seven of these gifts. It's not the all-inclusive list, but it's just seven of them that kind of fit in what he's talking about. The first was prophecy, the second serving, then teaching, encouraging, giving, leading, and showing mercy. I believe that all of us in this room can probably pinpoint one of those at least that, man, I I really, like that brings me to life. I'm really good at that. Like you can kind of pinpoint what your gifts are out of those seven. There's probably some more, but out of those, I think every one of you can go, yeah, yeah, I've got one of those. And that's the easy part is kind of identifying what the gift is. But the hard part is how do we use it? What I love about this list that Paul gives, it doesn't just list them, but then he goes into explaining that we need to do them. And some of it almost sounds like redundant. Like, if your gift is serving, then serve. Like, okay, great, that's, I got it. If it's teaching, then you should teach. (laughs) Okay, this is like life-changing stuff. If it's encouraging, then give encouragement. Like all of these, like they should be no brainers, but they're not because he does need to explain them and he needs to explain them to us here today. Because too many of us know exactly what our gifts are, but have no idea how to use them in our community. So let's take a look at what Paul's doing. He's using these pieces and then explaining why we should do them or how we should do them. So if we look at the first one, prophecy, the way he's lining this up, do what you feel the Lord is telling you to do. And he almost is giving permission when it comes to this. The second one, serving. It feels so basic. Just serve. Find a need and fill it. 
But what if it's inconvenient? Good, it's supposed to be. Go serve anyway. Third one, teaching. People come, oh, but I don't have a class to teach. Just give me a class and then I'll be able to teach. No, go get four or five people. Go to Starbucks and do some teaching. Talk to Pastor Josiah, put it on the groups list. I don't care, but if it's teaching, then you should teach. The fourth is encouraging. Not like it's an encouraging one. It's like the fourth one is encouraging. Um, I love this because you don't need a platform to encourage. I think many of you guys know Pastor Mary. She's a kid's pastor for such a long time. And many people, when they think of Pastor Mary, they think an encourager. That's what she does. She encourages. But when Pastor Mary retired from kids ministry, she didn't retire from encouraging. She's still one of the most encouraging people in the entire world. Even just afterwards, like after the message, she was here first service and we were like on opposite sides of the, um, the atrium out there and she just looks over and she goes, it was the most encouraging thumbs up I'd ever gotten in my life. It's because she's an encourager and she encourages. She does what she's called to do. We don't need the platform. The fifth is giving. <sighs> This is, I look around this church and we have a church of people who understand giving, they get it, but, but giving is not just during the time when Pastor Dan says for the hosts to come forward and the buckets are passed. Giving is a lifestyle and we should give generously when the Holy Spirit speaks to us. The sixth one, leading. We have an amazing leader and Pastor Derek and Dana, I mean, just amazing people, not just saying this because he's not here, you know what I mean? Watching me online. <laughs> Did I do good? Like, that's not what this, this piece is. But we do have amazing leaders in Pastor Derek and Dana. People that hear from the Holy Spirit and follow what he's doing. Not perfect, but man, when they find what the Holy Spirit's doing, they jump on it. They run after what he's doing. Pastor Derek isn't just a, a great speaker from the platform, leader from here, but he's a great leader of this church, a leader for us in the Minnesota district of the Assemblies of God and you know, around the world. He's a, a great leader. And because of that, I think sometimes we can look up oh, in our church, got that leadership one covered. I ain't gotta do nothing. You know? That is my gift is leading, but I'll just sit back. That one's not needed. It's not true. We need leaders in this church. We need people that lead by lifestyle in this church. When I was a youth pastor, uh, in the very beginning, we had like seven kids and I counted two of them twice. You know what I mean? Like that's how we got to that number and it was great. Um, but I had uh, a few of my leaders and I would take anybody. You know what I mean? It was kind of like, like you pass a background check? Great, you're in. You know, like Whatever. <laughs> I had one of my leaders that I had at the time, uh, Mike Fafinski. And uh, Mike is a good friend of mine, but Mike wasn't able to be there every week. You know, his job kind of made it that he was in and out. So it wasn't like Mike was like in charge of anything. But Mike led with his lifestyle. In that youth ministry, he led by just the way that he lived. People looked at him and knew that he was a man of integrity. And they're like, man, there's something different. I, wanna, I need to follow what that guy's doing. And still to this day, He's probably one of the most impactful leaders that we've had come out of the youth ministry. Still today, people go to Mike to, to ask him questions, to, to ask him how to live life and to go through. That is what we need in this church from leaders. People that live life and lead others through it. Church, it's so important. The seventh one that we have is show mercy. And I think that this one is hard for church people to understand sometime, and I'll explain why. 
There are many times that people will come and be like, oh, you know what our church needs? We need a food pantry or we need a homeless shelter or we need a recovery center. And to that, I would say, yes, we do. We 100% need those things. And that's why we partner with different organizations that have those things. Because we could try. We could sure try to pull together a, a good food shelf, but we'd probably help four people a week. But right down the road, there's Vineyard. And they help thousands of people to be able to get food and get connections. Why would we try to make something mediocre when there's something great down the street that we can plug into? And I know many people go, but Pastor Lewis, that's a different church. They might try to take our people. Man, if, if that is our focus, if that's the thing we're thinking, we have no idea what true community is. We have no idea what it really means to be in community because we're not in competition with anyone. How do we move forward the kingdom? How do we move that forward? It's through community. Having a group of people that will go and will do these things that will show mercy. We each have a gift in this place. But I think sometimes we get churchy. <laughs> and we think if it's not one of the flashy ones, then it's not important. The church is just so not true. We need all of the gifts to make this happen. Um, Pastor Vicente was here first service right now. He's uh, speaking up in Espanol. Um, we serve on staff together and he's a great friend of mine. But Pastor Vicente and I are quite different. I would say that Pastor Vicente, one of his main gifts is prophecy and probably one of mine is serving. And if only... We had Pastor Vicente say, only if, if that was the only voice that we heard, all it would be is just one prayer service and nothing would get done. Now, if I was the one in charge, it would just be, okay, what can we get done? Like, let's do this, let's build this, let's make, like, that would be the way that my mind worked. But we need the two of us to be able to move forward. We need both of our gifts working in tandem, not one better than the other, but two of them working together to be able to build something that's amazing. Church, I look around this room and there are so many gifts, so many things that the Lord has given you and we are choosing to hold on to them instead of use them. God gave them to us and we're like, ah, you know, I'm just gonna hold on to this one. No, it's supposed to be for this community. It's supposed to be brought out in this place, which brings me to point number three. Point number three is make it personal. If we're gonna bring our gifts, this needs to get personal for us. A few weeks ago, I was talking with Pastor Josiah and uh, we share an office, which is great because neither of us are ever in that office. We're always doing something, running around. But the one time that we were together in our office, we were talking about community. And I was trying to put my finger on why some people say they want community, but they don't get community. They don't plug into it. Is there something that we need to put in place, another class, something else that we need to do? And the answer is probably yes. But, but he said, if someone is not in community, it's one of two reasons. They're not available or they're not vulnerable. They're not available or they're not vulnerable. And I told him in my office, I was like, that's good. I'm not gonna give you credit for it because this is our office, so it's mine now. So I'm not gonna say, but I had to give him credit because it was good. So there it is. Available or vulnerable. 
Let's take a moment and look at Vikings fans. Vikings fans. I'm not just talking about like your normal Sunday Vikings fan. I'm talking about paint your chest purple to watch it on your TV at home. Like those like fanatics, you know, like that's what I'm talking about. Those. And if you're a Green Bay fan, fine. Fill in the blank with your own, whatever it is. But if you're a Lions fan, I'm gonna pray for you later, okay? So, sorry, that's just it, just the answer. Um, but think of Vikings fans. The reason I bring this up is because I totally think that diehard Vikings fans have got this concept nailed down. They understand what we're talking about here. They get the available and the vulnerable. They are available. They take work off if there's a game coming up. They will go and tailgate with their friends hours before the game even starts. They've paid money to get the channels so that they can watch their team no matter when it's happening or what's going on. They have the notifications on their phones. Their phone blows up every time there's something that happens. They are available and they're vulnerable. They put their heart and soul into their team. They care so much about the outcome of a game. And now this honestly is a horrible example because this is a community built on being let down. I mean, that is what the Vikings community 100% is. So it's actually, ours should be built on hope, okay? Unlike Vikings fans. But you get the picture, you understand. We need to be people that care about this community, that are invested into the people and the mission. If we care more about a game that means nothing at the end of the season, and we care more about that than we do the people in this room and the mission of this church, then we are definitely not in community. We need to be people that care about this community, that are investing into the people and the mission. Verse nine says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love. We need to put time and energy in this community for it to work. We need to think of each other's needs. If I'm not vulnerable and open, then no one knows what I'm going through. They have no idea how, I, how they can pray or how they can lift me up. I'm just gonna say this for myself. Anybody out there that wants to take it, they can. Facebook is not being vulnerable, okay? Like that's not, I'm talking a one-on-one relationship with somebody. If you put it on Facebook, it doesn't mean that you're being vulnerable with people. Having real conversation, talking about what you're going through, that is what real vulnerability looks like. Another need that our community fills is for our direction. It says here, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. We have to be a community that pushes each other to Christ, a group that is running on the path together. Uh, When I was, uh, after high school, I went to this ministry school. Uh, A lot of times I would say college, but Pastor Derek makes fun of me. He's like, it's not a college. My homeschool college, that's what I went to, okay? Um, But I was... uh, honored a few years into it to be able to travel with a motivational speaker. He, was, he spoke all over the U.S., and uh, I'd get to lead trips with him, and there were a lot of times where it would just be him and I out on the road, and we would do these school assemblies, and his name was Reggie, but Reggie and I, we would be out, we'd do these school assemblies, and a lot of times what we'd try to do is after the school assembly was done, he'd share hope, you know, just caring for these kids. It was a great time, but we would try to go to, if there was like a sporting event or something, we'd try to go to the sporting event afterwards just to be more around the kids. They could connect, just show them, hey, we care. And at this specific school, we were in Michigan 
And uh, we're going to go. They had a football game that night. I'm like, all right, let's go to the football game. It'll be great. And so we're doing the school assembly and me and Reggie were in different spots. And Reggie comes like kind of coming through the crowd and I could see he's like giddy. Like he's just excited, the excitement in his face. So I'm like, I don't know what this is gonna be, but it's gonna be, this is gonna be good. And Reggie comes up and goes, we're not going to the football game. <laughs> okay, <laughs> what are we doing? He's like, we're going to the track meet. <laughs> the track meet? you got to know this about me. I don't like it even when like professionals do track, like, like people that actually know what they're doing. Like, you want me to go see a bunch of high school kids run track? Like I can run faster than all of them, I promise. Like a high school track meet instead of football. We love football. He goes, no, no, you don't understand. They're going up against a school for the blind. I was like, you're a horrible person, Reggie. Like, that's why you want to go is to see blind kids run. Like, you are a horrible human being. Like, he's like, no, no, trust me. I don't trust you. Now you're like being the way you are right now. So we go, we go to this thing and he's giddy the whole time. So excited to see what's about to happen because I think Reggie knew what was about to happen. He just wanted to be able to use this analogy, but I had no idea. I was totally in shock with what I saw. So we show up here and uh, the kids are getting ready. They're, they're getting on the block and you know, they're, they're doing like some of like the sprints that are, that are happening. And some of these blind kids are getting the blocks. They're, they're next to, um, some of them are next to, you know, kids that can see. Others are next to other blind kids. But at the other end, just past the finish line, were their coaches. And each one had coaches that they would work with, that they would spend time with, that they would know their voice, that they could hear, that they had made connections, that they had done work together so that when the time came, they'd get in the blocks and they'd get ready and the coaches would go, okay, I'm right here. Not a yell, not a scream, just their voice. All right, I'm right here. You come right to me. You know where my voice is. I'll tell you where to go. Just keep running. It was just this constant talking. All right, here we go. It's gonna go off. We got three, two, one. All right, right to me. Keep going. Nope, a little bit left, a little bit left. All right, there you go, straight on. And it was just this constant voice and they ran directly to the voice of their coach. Even though there were so many other voices going on, so many other people that were saying things, people in the stands that were yelling, they went directly to their coach. There will be times in our life that we cannot see the right places to go. But too many times we push away the people that can help us. We do not like the discomfort of someone telling us where to go, what to like, or how to be. But we need to be people that are open to correction, church. We need to be like those runners who realize that alone we will not make it to the finish line. And that we are okay getting uncomfortable so we can run this race well. My closing statement, if you have your notes in front of you, is conform to his community. Romans 12, 2. So going back to the very beginning of this passage that we're in. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Notice here that this passage does not say do not conform, period. There is no period after the word conform. Because we're not meant to conform to this world, but we are meant to conform. 
When we are transformed, when we're no longer going by the world's ways, you and I are conforming to God's pattern for life. We're going back to the way God made us to be. But if you and I were built for this, if we were created for this type of community in life, why are we not having real connection? Why are we okay with a cheap imitation of what God created us for? You and I feel the emptiness. We know that there's more to this life. I think it's because we are still in some ways conforming to the world around us instead of his plan. For most of us in this room, on a daily basis, we are out around people that maybe don't know Jesus or don't know Jesus the way that his word would call them to. Maybe they know him in word, but not by their actions. Many of us are around people that aren't saved and don't know Jesus. And let me tell you, church, that is a good thing. We do not, I'm not saying with this that we need to be a commune and just drink Kool-Aid all day. Like, that's not what I'm talking about when we're talking about community, all right? We need to be out in the world, but we can't be of the world that we're in. If we are being affected more by the world around us than we are affecting the world around us, then we are not contributing to this community and we're not plugged into what God's doing. It's like my cell phone. I look at my phone and my phone has, um, it's a smartphone. It's, It's named correctly, you know. Say I'm out in the woods, which I'm not very often, but say that I am out in the woods and I've got my phone. My phone is the most powerful thing around. If I'm out in the middle of nowhere, there is no tree, there is no rock, there is no moss that is smarter than my smartphone. But my phone needs to be plugged into a power source to recharge. So if I'm out in the forest and I've got my phone and I'm going through and all of a sudden my phone dies. No more battery. It's dead. My phone at that point has no more power than the rock sitting right next to it. It needs to be plugged back into the source so that it can get power to do what it was created to do. This community is what God uses to power us up to teach us things, to make change in our life, to show us what we need to do. Yes, God could probably just speak to us in a dream or write it on a wall somewhere or do whatever, but he chooses to use community to push us forward. I wish, I wish he didn't. It'd be so much easier if it was just me and God, but this was his plan from the very beginning. One of my favorite verses, Matthew chapter six, verses nine to 13, it's Jesus and he's with the disciples and he's teaching them to pray. Probably one of the most important things Jesus can teach the disciples, how to pray. I think all of us would say, important, correct? Thanks, one person thought it was important. That's fine, that's fine. I want to read it to you, maybe different than maybe you've heard it before, but it says this. This then is how you should pray. Jesus' words. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as as it is in heaven. Give us today our 
daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Even when Jesus is teaching the disciples to pray, commune with God, have connection with God, he does it in a way that highlights community. That this isn't something that we should do alone, but that we should do it with others. It should be focused on others. Even God knew that community was important for himself. I mean, we read in the word, we serve the God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Community was even important for him. So why should it be any different for you and I? Why should we get the pass? Is that, no, I don't need community. I can handle this on my own. Or ah, my community, the way that I've been doing it is fine. If it's fine, we wouldn't see the problems that we're seeing. We would love in a different way in our communities. We would feel differently about the people around us if we really understood what his community was saying. So to end today, I just want to ask, who is your community? All of us have one, but is it the right one? Is your community helping to conform to his pattern or theirs? Is it renewing your mind or distracting it? Is it powering you up or is it draining you? Today, if you don't have his community, I'll encourage you, find it. Maybe it's a, a life group here at the church or a serve team. Might be a, a ministry that you're involved in or just a group of friends that connects, that prays for each other, that pushes each other more towards the goal. But you need community. And let me just say this real quick. We can't hold on to a community that maybe we used to have. We need a community now. Too many people are like, oh yeah, yeah. We had a great connection. We had good friends and like we all, all that. But haven't been a part of that community in a long time church. We need people that know us right now that know what we're going through, that are praying for us, that are pushing us. Church, if we do not have that type of community, we're all by ourselves trying to make this work. And church, I promise you that will not happen. We will not make it. We will fall short without the community. It's what we were created for. It's why I love worship as much as I do. It's our community coming together to declare who God is. We're united in praise to our God and it's something that cannot be duplicated. I love worship music on my phone. Like if I'm going for a walk or run, I love to put in, but it is nothing compared to being with this body, being together with this community and worshiping. There's nothing like the atmosphere that's here. Why? Because we're in community. It's what we're built to do. Is it that our band is better than Hillsong? I mean, sometimes I think so, but you know I mean? Like, no, it's our community worshiping together. That's why Pastor Derek says, as a church, Sunday mornings are one of the most important things that we could do. Why? Because this is where community can be started. 
This should be a hub for all little communities to come back together to be with the one large community. It's the place where new people should be able to come to find community. This is important because it should be that hub of sending out for people to find more community. So today, my challenge, be vulnerable and available. Find a community and stick to it. Get coffee with somebody. Go to that life group that you've been talking about. Serve here at the church or with one of our partners. Go help someone that's in need. But church, don't do it with the old way of thinking. Don't do it as, okay, what am I gonna get out of this? Okay, I've gotta fulfill an obligation. I do it. No, no, do this knowing that you're building what God has designed you to build. Knowing that when you do this, you will be finding your purpose and God's will for your life. That is why this is so important. So church, what I wanna do is just a moment, I'm, I'm gonna pray for us. Then I'm gonna ask the worship team um, just to lead us in one song. I'd encourage you, don't run out because this is one of the ways that we can practice community is by worshiping with one another. I, I love worshiping at the altar around other people. One of my like main ones, Josh, who's been yelling at me from the front row and heckling me, it's fine. But there's something about if I'm worshiping to be able to look over and see somebody else that's worshiping just as much, it pushes me. It pushes me to know, man, somebody else is going after God just as much as I am. Church, let's be that for each other. As we worship, let's push each other. Let's engage maybe more than we thought because it builds this community. Church, would you stand with me this morning as I pray? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for each person in this room. And I thank you that you've given each of us gifts to be able to share with this community. Jesus, would you change our way of thinking this morning? Would you show us what it really means to be in a community, how we can be a part, how we can serve others, how we can love others the way that you do? Jesus, not for us, but for the person next to us, would you help us to get into community, to know people, to lock arms with others so that we can accomplish so much more in you than we ever could on our own. Jesus, burden us for this community and for the people around. Jesus, we know that it might not be perfect, but it's where you have placed us. So Jesus, help us to make it what you want it to be. Shape us for this community. I pray as people are searching for different areas to be plugged in, to build that community, that Jesus, you would show them that it wouldn't feel like they're just smacking their head against the wall, but Jesus, knowing that they're gonna have to do work, but that you are gonna set, set it up for them. And we thank you for what you're gonna do through this community. It's in Jesus' name we pray and everyone said, amen. Church, the band's gonna lead. Let's just practice just for a moment what community really is before we head out this morning. Let's worship together.
We hope that you learned something from this message and are able to apply it to your life. If you gave your life to Jesus for the first time or for the 10th time, please reach out to us on Facebook or email us at info at celebrationchurch.net. Thank you for listening. We'll see you again next week.